Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 14, season three of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Uh, Richie was running a bit late, but is he here yet? Yes, he is. Evening, Richie. Hey, mate. Um, well, what a week um, Warriors fans had um, last week. So much troubling news after our show, um, unfortunately. Um, and we're going to discuss it very shortly in our news section. But putting that aside, how, how was your week and your thoughts on the Indigenous round? Mate, my week was great. The Indigenous round was good. Uh, the only downside was the Warriors game, so we will get around to it, I'm sure. We will, we will. Um, and while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show um, at your convenience on High Art Radio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the Indigenous round and an update on our tips. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions we've got for each other. Um, we'll then preview round 13 and make our picks before ending the night with a recap of Super League. And the show will probably go a bit smoother tonight because Paul's finally decided to return. Um, so he'll be able to keep hold of all the, the chats that I kept missing last week. And I see Simon's here. Evening, Simon. And um, yeah, so just remember Thanks, to send Simon. us comments and questions throughout the show. We may as well just um, rip the band-aid off and get into the stories of the week, Richie. Let's do it, mate. Okay, we'll start. We'll start with the Warriors dramas. Um, we'll start. We we talked about it last week about Matt Lodge leaving the club. Um, after our show, um, we got a bit more information. Um, yeah. His uh, he he got his seven hundred k to leave. Um, it's going to be deducted from the salary cap from the yep. Warriors, both for this year and next year. Um, owner Mark Robertson, who um, got himself in the in the mix and everything, um, he was said to have had a disagreement with Lodge and claims it was a battle between two alphas. Um, take of that what you will. <laughs> um, Cameron yep. George fronted the media, um, didn't really help. It was kind of a, a wishy-washy um, interview he did. 
and um, it it didn't really temper the the fans' anger and frustration. Um, rumors are swirling. I'll, I'll go through it all before we discuss it. Rumors are swirling that there's a fracture in the players' group, and that players like Lodge and Sean Johnson were trying to get the team to not play Nathan Brown's game plan. Um, and then Robinson ended his week before he decided to um, put himself um, in the naughty boy corner. He said that Nathan Brown's job is safe this season, but there will be a review at the end of the season. So I know that's a lot to throw at you in one go, Richie, but what was your take on all the Warriors stuff? Oh, mate. Um comes across as a bit of a mess, if, if, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, yeah, it's... We had a bit of text text communication during the week. Um, nothing overly positive to do with the situation. So, yeah, I'm not too sure what to make of it, mate. It comes across as slightly unprofessional, unprofessional, and just yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're letting one of your best players of the season walk out and take a good chunk of your salary cap out for the year and next year uh, because your owners having a drunken dig at him. Uh, we may never know the complete truth. As we know, there's always... So, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bit of pill to swallow. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I was talking a bit um, with Paul before the show and it just said, um, as the owner, I, I had my concerns with him last year when he came out and was making comments... And um, we kind of don't want the owner to be out there in the media all the time. Um, yeah. You kind of want them to, to pay the checks and stay in the background and let the people that he's hired to do the job actually do the job. So I'm hoping that he will go back into the darkness and just keep paying the checks. But um, it's the mm. second time he's done it. So odds are he will keep doing it. Um I mentioned to Paul, I said, um, I feel like there needs to be a, um, uh, this will come out wrong now, um, a person in the organization with a bit of backbone that will actually stand up and tell him to know his role when the time suits. Um, coming out, it, it just isn't a good look, especially if you're trying to entice players to the club, if you've got an owner coming out and... Um, just running his mouth and saying what he thinks. Um, it, it's not going to bring you the the big names that you want to get. I see Simon's um, made a point saying that, yeah, the owner can do whatever he likes with the team, and that's why he's the owner and you guys are not. That's 100% correct. But um, if you want to make money, um, you gotta you got to do the right things so the fans actually keep coming through. Yeah, that was kind of one of the things we talked about before, wasn't it, that, Generally, um, owners who are quite happy to just to throw cash at it and just have to lose cash, generally are doing it because they want the club to do well. If you want the mm -hmm. club to do well, you don't go around um, pissing away seven hundred k of your um, of your of your uh, of your wage of your salary cap, um, even if it's what three fifty k a year, I guess, um, on a player that's not playing for you. Uh, it's just yeah. it's quite, it's farcical. Um, and yeah, he does need to. He needs to understand that. Yeah, he's clearly. At some point, he's, he's been very good at running business, unless mommy and daddy has given him all this cash. Um, but he's not—he's uh, not a sports person; he's a business person. Stick to what you know. Agreed. 
Yeah, and I think before we move on, because there is a lot more news as well, um, the rumours about the players' fracture and Sean Johnson and the likes going against the game plan, what's your take on that? Um, Does that give you more sympathy for Nathan Brown's woes if he's doing a game plan and the team's just refusing to do it and doing their own thing? Because I wouldn't mind that if his game plan was rubbish and their one was better. But at the moment, they're not playing like they've got a good game plan. We'll cover it more in their game. But yeah. um, it doesn't seem to be doing better because they're not sticking to it allegedly. We can't say they would be doing um, even worse with that game plan, but I'm not sure. I've got a slightly conflicted view about this because uh, obviously it's the team I support and the results aren't exactly positive right now and and when you look at back when you're looking back at nathan brown's history his nrl coaching record in general is not the flashiest so um the problem is it's you put someone else in his place is it any better i don't know so um and when you're talking about players like sean johnson and matt lodge um wanting to go against nathan brown it's all just hearsay we won't really know the complete truth about that yeah, exactly. Um, just trying to get you to say something a bit controversial. Um, so it's I not just me all the time. Yeah. Um, so we'll leave the Warriors stuff um, in the background. I'm sure if this is any state that's going to continue and probably we'll get a lot more throughout the weeks. But um, we'll go on to some more dramas at other clubs. Um, Payne Haas has requested or he had requested his immediate release from the Broncos last week. Uh, Broncos refused. He's now retracted that request. Um, the news wasn't taken well by Broncos fans who booed him during their um, game in the weekend. Um, Haas, yeah, he admitted regret about the length of his contract that he signed last time. And um, he now wants a shorter contract with clauses that allow him to become a free agent if the Broncos don't make finals. Um, it doesn't sound like a very team player approach, but... Um, What's your take on it? Yeah, this one to me feels like um, his management are having a heavy say in in what he's doing. So, um, yeah, it it is a strange one because if you look at his salary he's getting now, as far as front rows go, it's very, very good. He's getting a higher pay than a lot of, like, key spine players are getting at other clubs. So... Um, I know he's a fantastic player, but to to be asking for a lot more um, when he's already got a pretty pretty good deal, yeah, it's it's a strange one. I know I, it's like he's maybe listening to a lot of the press, a lot of people saying he's a at least a million dollar player. So <sighs> fantastic player, but yeah, it is. It's a weird one. What do you what do you make of it? You're a, you're a fan of the front row club. Are they yeah, worth that much I, money? they're not worth that much. Um, yeah, but I if I think it it's a lot to do with the the manager. He's got a new management yeah. team since that deal, so they don't really get a chunk of the change um, from that deal. So getting a new deal now will give them a bit of coin in the pocket. Um, the clause that allows them to become a free agent is what rubs me the wrong way. If I if I was the Broncos, I'd be happy to do it as long as they're one that go the other way. 
going, if you don't do um, this, this, and this, we get to deduct 10% off what we pay you. Um, go both ways. Go If you want to just walk out the door if we're not performing well, a key to us performing well is you actually doing your job. So if you're not doing mm. your job, we should get to pay you less um, as a result. Um, I am pretty sure he would um, balk at that idea. So it'd be like, well, why do we have to do it? So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think it puts a negative connotation on you as well. So like yeah. how many other clubs would want to grab you if you're solely just focused on you? Like obviously you want to get paid. It's it's a job, but um, no player can win the NRL on their own. Um, some have come very close, but um, yeah, it will be an interesting development. Um, Mate, but it, it'll take him some time to get the fans back. Getting over 800k a year to play the game you love seems pretty good to me. Yeah, I, I'd take minimum wage to do it myself, but um, yeah. we're, we're different people. Um, <laughs> keeping the drums going, but moving clubs now, um, the Tigers are going to hold a mid-year review, and Michael Maguire's job appears to be under threat again. So um, the, uh, the boss at the Tigers came out in an interview and said that it's a common thing to do a mid-year review. They're the only team to do it this year. Um, do you think Maguire's going to get the chop again? Potentially. Uh, the only thing, the only thing though, is with, for me, the Tigers have looked a lot better after the first five rounds. I know they, they, yeah, they had a terrible start, but they they are looking a lot better now than what they did after those first five rounds. I wish the Warriors would hold a mid-year review. Um, yeah, there's always potential, mate. They've had a they've had a lean few years, the Tigers. So, I mean, yeah. it's hard to say he's safe. It's hard to say, but um, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, and Paul's saying other teams doing mid-year reviews but not making public. That could be the case. Um, yeah, but yeah, I. I agree with your sentiment there. I think the Tigers, they're not getting the wins, but I think they're playing a lot better. To be honest, if the Warriors were playing like the Tigers are right now, I'd be in a better frame of mind mentally. Um, Same here. You know, losing but actually fighting, I think. Mm. You know, obviously you want your team to win and you want them to be successful, but you don't want to see them just not try, which is kind of where I'm leaning towards with the Warriors right now. But... Mm. um yeah, Simon says a mid-year review sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I I don't see how a mid-year review actually will help you. Um, what you sack the coach and then you've got to you you find another coach. We did that um, when we let Steve Gurney go, and yeah. um, look what happened. We found you know Todd Payton who started making some good changes and then he left as well. Um, I think yeah, it's. I don't mind the idea of reviewing it and seeing where you're at and then setting goals for the rest of the year. But like going in and cleaning house, um, I don't think is a good idea. But I'm sure we will probably have some news, if not next week, the week after on what's happened with this review and the consequences of it. Um, so we'll we'll keep our ear on the ground on that. And um, we'll go to more more teams in strife. Des Hasler's been five, 25 grand after ranting about the referees and his side's loss to the Eels two rounds ago. Um, I've kind of got a brief quote um, of what he said. He um, he asked why his team was on the wrong end of a 9-2 penalty count, stating the Eels had been legged back into the game. 
has then doubled down on Saturday in the week just gone, questioning why his team continues to be the most penalised team in the NRL. And, um, yeah, the NRL, um, they're a bit quiet on it when he said it against the Eels, but I think doubling down this week, I, I guess they decided they needed to stamp it out before he went on after um, Seagulls lose to the Warriors this week. Um, what's your take on on the, the fine and um, what he was saying? I can see why he got a fine. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's certain things that, that coaches, uh, you know, it's kind of frowned upon if they say that kind of thing. So there's certain things, it's it's uh, sort of unwritten code that they shouldn't say those kind of things in a press conference. Even though at times I wish Nathan Brown would unleash on a little tirade like that. But um, <laughs> that's another point entirely. Um, yeah, I see why he's got a fine, but... The question is, do you think he had a point, Brad? Or is he just um, having a winch? He, I, I, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one and say it was kind of a bit of both. Um, mm. I think he had some points. It, it's clear we, we talk about it so often on this show of poor refereeing decisions. But I don't recall in either of those games, um, either last weekend or the weekend before, where I'd say the referee cost manly the game. Um, so I think if it was, you know, two weeks in a row where there was two or three things that changed the course of the game that the referees got wrong, then maybe, but he's really only got the 17 guys that are out on the field to blame. Um, Mm. you know, very hypocritical as a Warriors fan who we, we love blaming everything (laughs) but the players, but, um, that's the fact of the matter. And yeah, um, the fine, that's probably why you don't see the other coaches doing it because that's not yeah. that's not a little bit of chump change. Um so yeah. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how he reacts in the this week. We we have seen coaches talk about it before and then get a better reaction out of the refs. maybe you thought, look, I've done it. I didn't get the reaction out of the refs like everyone else did. Let's try again. Yeah, that could be it too. Mm. Um but um, we'll get away from the dramas for a little bit with some signing news. Adam Elliott's told his Raiders teammates that he'll be leaving the club and will be going to the Knights. The Knights haven't actually made the official announcement yet, um, so we don't have any terms of how long the deal is. It sounds like it's going to be a multi-year deal. And um, Bulldog Jeremy Marshall King has signed a two-year deal to join the drag uh, Dragons, join the Dolphins. Dolphins. Um, what's, what's your take on those those two signings? Handy signing for the Dolphins with uh, Marshall King. They they're building a pretty solid forward pack, but uh, having a um, nice explosive hooker will help. Um, Adam Elliott, yeah, it's as he's had a short reign in in Canberra, but yeah, I mean, it's a solid enough signing for the Knights. But yeah, I don't think he's going to going to be the kind of player to um, pull them out of the situation they're in towards the bottom of the ladder, but maybe he's viewed as a replacement for Barnett, who's coming into the Warriors next year. Yeah, I'd say it's a straight swap. And yeah, Marshall King, um, with um, Reed Marnie going to the Bulldogs, he was always going to be losing that starting hooker spot. So I think it was yeah. a, a win-win there. Um, he still gets to to play first grade, and the Dolphins get a handy little player. Um, And then 
Mm. Next bit of news, uh, it's kind of always been assumed, but Ray Warren's officially announced his retirement. Um, I've got his stats here. He called 99 Origins. He could have could have just come out in a couple of weeks, got his 100. Yeah. Um, 45 grand finals, three Melbourne Cups, and many years as Australia's premier swimmers at the three Olympic campaigns. Um, had a fantastic run. Um, I did see a quote from him when they asked about the trying to get the 100th. He said he's got nothing left to prove, um, and he, he's happy where he's at. And um, I'd like to say good luck to him for the rest of his his, his time. He, he's a bit, bit long in the tooth. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of done everything you can do um, as a commentator. Um, I was just hoping that we were going to hear Blocker Roach retiring from commentary, but we'll, we'll nice. save that for another day. Um, and yeah, Simon's mentioned he thought Ray Warren retired anyway. He he, it was a soft retirement where he had retired, but he would still come out and do um, State of Origin in the Grand Finals. Um, I think the Grand Final was the last game he commentated of last yeah. year. Um, so he was kind of still doing those big occasions, um, but now he, he's doing none of them. Um, so yeah, any thoughts on Ray Warren before we move on? Yeah, just congrats on a fantastic career. Um, his voice will always be the voice of rugby league for me. I grew up listening to to that voice calling games, so um, yeah, I'll definitely miss miss him hearing hear him calling those big games. I mean, so many iconic calls he's done in Origin and, and Grand Finals. Yeah, he'll he'll be missed. I'm interested to hear who um, Paul thinks is the the in the rugby commentators he should that should be retiring. Who are you talking about, Paul? All of them. Oh, I mean some of the union guys are just I mean, um uh nice bit is it it's just he doesn't even recognise the players anymore. Right? It's just you just can't even say the names and stuff. You're just like, oh geez, come on mate, you can't that's not that player. You've got the entirely the wrong player. The main yeah. job of a caller is to recognise the players. Oh, that happens all the time in league. Um, I even, even with ones, I, I'll even put Adam Blair on blast because he actually played with the guy. But a lot of them do it with Chanel Harris Tavita. They always call him Tavita Harris, mm. and Adam Blair did it. And Adam Blair played with him. Um, I don't understand it, but um, yeah, I, I see. Paul also said it was a bit unfair on regular callers not being able to call the big games. There's not a lot of good callers out there, um, to be no, fair, as well. I so, there is. Um, but, yeah, that was all the news I had. But I've got a little section for Origin. Um, the Origin teams were named. Um, the big things out of it, we've got um, Josh Adokar and Jake Trevojevic were dropped from New South Wales. Um, Katoni Stagg, Stephen Crichton, Ryan Madison are all going to make their debuts for the Blues. Madison was named 18th man in 2019, but he didn't actually mm. play. And Queensland have named four deputants in Billy Slater's first game as coach. Um, Cowboys, Reuben Cotter and Jeremiah Nanai. And Broncos, Selwyn Cobbin, uh, Cobbin, Cobbo and Patrick Carrigan. Um, so I didn't really dwell too deep in it because we'll probably talk about Origin a lot more next week. But what's your take on the, the namings of the sides? Okay, I'll start with New South Wales. That's my team. So... Yeah, Jake Trevojevic, I can kind of see why with him being left out. When you look at the, the makeup of the back row that's been selected, you can't really argue. Uh, they're all players in, in 
really good form and and Jake's coming from a team who's struggling a wee bit. Sorry, Brad, that's your other team. But, um, yeah, I, I can see why Josh Adokar, I think, maybe slightly hard done by if I were the sl- select one of the selectors, I would have selected him because he's got a proven record of of performing in origin. He's, he's done really well in his time in, in the Sky Blue jersey. So I feel for him a wee bit. Yeah. Um, from a Queensland point of view, I, I agree with all the all the young ones that have been picked. They're all in great form. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm uh, gonna good, good make from you, Billy Slater. I'm gonna make you eat your words about the Jake Trevojevic situation. Are you saying that Tarek Sims is playing better than Jake Trevojevic? Because Jake, Jake, yeah, Tarek point, Sims Brad. is. He's starting in the front row, in the second row. I don't think Jake's necessarily playing terribly. Um, I do think Tarek Sims brings a little bit more in terms of versatility, what he can do. I mean, defensively, he's just as sound, but uh, he's a very good attacker too, good hard ball runner. So, yeah, I think that one Mm. could go either way for me. But I, 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 put it this way, if Jake had been picked, I wouldn't have been upset about it, but with him not being selected, I, I, I'm i not too worried either. I think the makeup of the back row that's been selected is very good. It's, it's just showing that Fittler's running scared and um, Billy Billy the Kid's going to come get him. So um, I love it. Same. So, um, we'll see. But, um, yeah, before we move on, there was just a few things about the injuries. Um, so I've only I've really only highlighted five. Um, Viliami Valia broke his jaw and played for 40 minutes with it. Um, but now is going to spend a few weeks on the sidelines. Um, David Fafida is out for another two to three weeks after spraining his MCL in his return match. Um, in the weekend, um, Knights player Daniel Safidi suffered a medial ligament injury. No word on how long he's going to be out for. Um, Manley's Dylan Walker injured his knee, but has been named this week. And um, Adam Fanor Blake's injury, we had another update He's due for a return in round fourteen, uh, round fifteen, so only a couple of weeks away, which is actually good news for the Warriors. Um, your takes on any of those injuries? You don't have to go through all of them, but you can pick anything you want there. I'll pick the one that is of most interest to me then. And for Noah Blake, I'm happy it's not the whole season. Uh, yep. Round fifteen is a, a lot better than the rest of the season being out. Um, he's he would have been a big blow to the Warriors if it, if he was done for the season. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, so that was all our news and injuries and all the like. Um, so we may as well just jump straight into the Indigenous round. So I'll hand the floor to you, Richie. Okay. So Indigenous round started with the Storm with very lovely Indigenous jerseys, uh, beating Brad's second team, Manly Eagles, twenty-eight to eight. Five tries to two. For the Storm, we had Cameron Munster with a double. He he had a field day. Uh, Chris Lewis, Xavier Coates, and Kenny Bromwich grabbing the tries. And two tries for Manly. George Tafua grabbing his first try after being out for a long time injured. And Christian Tupolotu grabbing their other try. So 28 to 8, uh, looking like a very good bounce back from the Storm, Brad. I thought... Um, Jerome Hughes being back makes a huge difference to their team and allows Munster to just do what he does well and 
boy, Munster looked a lot better for it, having somebody to, uh, you know, play, make and, and take the pressure off him. thought Munster had a fantastic game. What did you make of it, though? Yeah, um, Storm, yeah, definitely getting back into form. Um, they didn't look troubled in this match at all. Um, yeah, Munster was huge, but I think that was all due to having Jerome Hughes back. And I think yeah. Hughes is the key to the side. We saw how, I don't want to say inept, but it was almost that bad um, when Hughes wasn't in there. So um, mm. great seeing him back. And I suppose the perks for the Storm is it's always a, a bit of a struggle during Origin, but um, yeah. with Hughes not being um, tricked into becoming an Australian so he can play Origin um, and being a Kiwi, um, he's at least going to be there for them, which will be um, a huge impact. Um, but, yeah, they really needed this win going into the Origin period. Um, Manly, they just missed too many tackles and made too many unforced errors at the wrong times, which is something you can't do against Melbourne. Um no Tommy Turbo and Saab out the back. They just lacked a bit of spark. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot to be fixed with Manly um, if they want to get themselves into the top eight. And um, Des has got his work cut out for him, um, especially with DCE going to be missing um, due to origin. I suppose that's the bright side of Jake Trevojevic not making origin, is that you at least have him there. Yeah, they, they do. Uh but I tell you what, I'm looking forward to the Warriors having to face Manly without a couple of players there. It, it makes our we've, chances a lot better. We've had that a lot of times in the past and it hasn't worked out. I know. I should have touched wood when I said that because <laughs> now I've gone and jinxed it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the next game was the Panthers 22 against the Cowboys nil on the Friday first Friday night game. Four tries to nil. Isaiah Yo. Dylan Edwards, Brian Toro, and Taylor May grabbing the four tries for the Panthers to absolutely nothing from the Cowboys, who have been on a fantastic streak, but it all came to a halt this weekend. Um, yeah, copy-paste time, Brad. Um, Panthers do what they always do. Um, but, yeah, unpack it for me from your point of view. Yeah, so um, going into the Indigenous round, this was my most anticipated match. Um, and despite the scoreline, I wasn't disappointed. Um, yeah, copy-paste, uh, Panthers dominated the contest. They were up 16-0 at halftime, um, but the Cowboys' defense kept them honest, and um, they only mm. managed to score one more try in the 70th minute. Um, James Fisher-Harris for the Panthers, he was impressive up the middle. And the Panthers, yeah, they just do what they do, and even when things started to go against them, when they were that Cowboys' defense was giving them a bit of trouble, um, they didn't let it knock their confidence and they just keep plugging away and um, doing what they do best. And, yeah, Cowboys, their defense was great. I know 22-0 doesn't sound great, but um, many sides, that would have been 40-plus, um, to be honest. Um, their attack, though, was hurt by errors, a little bit more polish, and I think they would have scored some points. Um, and I think the biggest issue for them, it might be an ongoing theme, um, but with a lot of Cowboys making an origin this year, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go without those players. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't think it, it would be disappointing for Cowboys fans, but it could have been a lot worse and probably would have been a lot worse if Cowboys weren't what the Cowboys have become um, in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Cowboys' defence, and I actually thought they were very good. Uh, you're, you're completely correct when you say 
for many other teams, that could have been 30, 40 points. Um, but the defence, the Panthers had, a, had plenty of ball, but the Cowboys' defence did a pretty good job, I thought. They'd be yeah. slightly concerned with the zero from their attack, but uh, maybe it's just a week off. They've been scoring a lot of points the past few weeks, um, a lot of 30 30 point game, 30 point plus games the past few weeks. So I don't think that'll be too much of a concern for them. Maybe it's just an off week. And the Panthers, I think it just says how good the Panthers are, really. Yeah. Um, the second Friday night game was the Broncos 35 over the Titans 24. It was 24 to 4 at halftime from the Titans. Um, but the Broncos managed a huge comeback, putting on 31 unanswered points in the second half. Six tries to four in favour of the Broncos. So for the Broncos, Selwyn Cobbo, Tamaria Martin, Jordan Ricky, Herbie Farnworth, Kurt Capewell, and Ezra Mann grabbed the tries. For the Titans, Jaden Campbell, uh, Corey Thompson, AJ Brimson, and David Fafita grabbing their tries. Yeah, like I said, Brad, 24 4 at half time. The Titans looked in control. I thought I've got my tip completely wrong. Um, but, yeah, a very strong showing from the Broncos in the second half. And uh, I think they showed why they are where they are on the table. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an interesting game here, as I said, in the new segment with um, all the home fans booing one of their best players. Um, yeah. Made it an interesting dynamic watching it. Um, yeah, Titans, as you said, they hit the ground running and looked certain to run away with a big win here. I, too, thought I had stuffed my pickup. Um, they were leading 24-4 to at half time. Um, besides losing two players to the bin in the 31st and 32nd minute. Um, but there was, I think, it, the glaring issue with the Titans right now is their lack of experience heads because um, they had a massive lead and then they decided to take a short kickoff. Don't know yeah. why. Um, and it bit weird. them. Um, it bit them, yeah. Tino, their captain, he didn't know the rules and left the ball. Um and, yeah, it gave the Broncos a let off, and then they stormed back with three tries in 10 minutes. Um, Titans, yeah, their defense after – once the, the Broncos switched their gears, um, they missed 41 tackles. Um, and, yeah, they, they watched too many Raiders games and had the, the Raider fade in the second half. Um, but, yeah, the Broncos, they just never gave up. Um, Payne Haas, despite um, having the whole world against him, had a pretty good game. Um Big games as well from the usual suspects of Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farmworth and a great effort from Corey Oates out on the edge. And, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing fans can take away from it is they came back from a 20-point deficit without Adam Reynolds. Um, and mm. it just showed the spirit the Broncos' outfit actually has, which I think is um, great for them. And, yeah, like you said, shows why they are where they are right now on the ladder. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You mentioned, again, um, Adam Reynolds not being there. So they're actually, I think they're a scary proposition once he gets back. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, 
and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com ACAST. Because before injury, he was in, he was in almost career-based form, so, and probably the signing of the season. So, yeah, once he's back, I think look out. To a lot of teams, um, I think the Broncos, despite being um, pretty average the past few years, they're poised to scare a lot of teams this year. I think so. <sighs> Saturday. Come on. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Warriors 16, Knights 24. That hurts a lot to say. Um, so, yeah, again, the Warriors going down to the Knights, who were sitting second to last uh, at the time. Four tries to three for the Knights. Tyson Frizzell, Edric Lee, and Tuala grabbing a double. For the Warriors, Adam Pompey, Viliami Valer, and Dallin Martinez-Lesniak grabbing the three tries for the Warriors. Uh, four from four from the teeth from Jake Clifford. Reese Walsh, uh, one from three. So he is having a bit of an off day with the boot. But where do we start, Brad? The Warriors had a great start. Back-to-back tries for Adam Pompey and Viliami Valer in the first 10 minutes. And I was thinking, here we go. Uh, here we go. We're, I think I even messaged you saying we win this one, surely. Um, yeah. Maybe I maybe I jinxed it because she was all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, I've got in my notes, soul-destroying game. Um, yeah. It felt last week was really tough. Um, not only as a Warriors fan, but as someone who writes about the Warriors and talks on here about the Warriors. Um, to be honest, I think I put it in my review in the week. If I wasn't on this show and I wasn't writing my games, I probably wouldn't have even watched the game. That was how I was feeling before kickoff. And then just like you, they mm. sucked me in in that first 10 minutes um, with two nice tries. I was like, oh, I, um, I didn't think they were going to cruise to victory. I knew there'd be a bit of a fight back, but I thought, yeah. They had at least were in the driver's seat, but they completely fell out of the car. Um, they too many errors, kicking the ball out on the full multiple times, kicking a kickoff over the dead ball line, which is Reese Walsh's special move. I think it's what mm-hmm. he loves to do. Um, trying to trying to take all the negativity away and look at some positives. I thought um, Aaron Penny and Bunty of forward did well off the bench. Um, yeah, they did which is something they've struggled with um, in times, but it felt like they kind of took it on themselves that they had to fill the boots of Adam Fanor Blake. Um, Tohu Harris was outstanding again. He's kind of making every post a winner since his return. And Adam Pompey, I thought, played well after a shocker mm. last week. He was up against yeah. Dane Gagway, um, who, you know, is one of the better centers around, going to be playing Origin. Um, and he... he kind of had the, the better of him for the most part. Um, it was just a lot of coach-killing decisions. Um, that I, I put in my notes and in my review, felt like the team was all doing their own thing. Um, they look like maybe they're frustrated. Um, if there's one thing, you know, it's, it's silly to say just stop dropping the ball because they haven't learned how to not do that yet. Um, but they just need to communicate. Um, it sounds so simple, but they're just not doing it. If they communicate and actually play as a team, they might 
get some results. I'm not sure. At the moment, it all just seems like they're doing their own thing. Sean Johnson was constantly kicking on the fourth tackle and there weren't people running for the ball, mm. either because they didn't want to or they didn't know the kick was coming. Um, not sure. Mm. But there was another team playing and it was the Knights. And to be honest, I don't think they were that great here either. Um, but they made the most of the Warriors um, playing individual football and strung together a few nice attacking plays. Um, Ponger and Clifford, I thought, started to show a nice combination. Um, There's still a long way to go from being a weekly um, competitive team, but this win should see them avoid the spoon, which will make me happy since that was your prediction. Um, I thought Marcelo Montoya's simbining was a bit rough. Um, yeah, you know, that's my, my thing on here. I would have been fine with him getting simbined if Safiti was simbined for his head high in the first half. Um, but that simbining was not the reason why the Warriors lost this game. Um, and I think it's time to admit that we have one of the worst teams in the competition, um, which I don't like saying, but that's that's the facts. Yeah, you said that this. (laughs) You said that this win might help Newcastle avoid the spoon. I'm just hoping that um, if they do, it's not at the Warriors' expense, and we get it (laughs) because it's looking like it's not out of the realms of possibility right now. Um, I agree with your sentiments. I I was worried before the game that. With no Lodge, no Fenua Blake, our forwards might struggle. I actually thought our forwards and bench forwards did not too bad. And Pompey, after a lot of criticism, actually played quite well. I just thought the spine was really bad. Um, mm. Johnson, Walsh, Harris DeVito, who had just had a few weeks out. But, yeah, they they looked like they were lacking a lot of accuracy. And like you say, those, those kicks out on the full and kickoffs out on the full are just coach killers and... That was really the catalyst to let the Knights back into the game and, and they just didn't surrender it from there. So I felt like this loss was pretty much completely on us. Mm. Yeah, and um, Fiona's put a comment. She went to the game and said, um, boy, did those Knights supporters get them home. Would have thought it was their home game. I kind of had the same thought um, when I was watching. I, I can't wait till um, the Warriors get to come back to Mount Smart. Completely selfish oh, reasons yeah. aside, but sitting there listening to a supposed home game, hearing a Newcastle Knights chant going through the stadium, um, it, it didn't. I didn't like it. But then I've also been a Warriors fan who's watched us play the Storm in Melbourne and hear Warriors chants in Melbourne, so um, I can see it. But yeah, it's it was just kind of rubbing salt into the wound hearing all the Knights fans um, at a home game for the Warriors, spearing them on. Um, but, yeah, disappointing game. Um, don't want to talk about it ever again. Mate, I know you don't, but we've had a lot of dialogue back and forth the past couple of weeks about that exact point. Um, it's not really a home game for us, is it? It is, but no. it isn't. I mean, it's not Mount Smart. There's no drums beating. There's... Uh, it's just it's lacking Warriors identity and and teams hating coming to Auckland to play in the cold. It, it, yeah, it just doesn't on, feel mate. the same. And ninety percent of the Warriors roster hate coming to Auckland as well. That's why they're all leaving. Um, Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it will be good when they come back. Um, 
I think it's just it's very thankful that the Warriors have had so long away from home because I feel the current performance might have hurt their ticket sales, but the fact that they mm. have been away for so long and fans here are so starved of footy, they're still going to get a good crowd for that first game. Um, hopefully it spurs them on to showing a bit of effort. Mm. I know it's it's horrible to say that they're not trying because there are players out there. I think Fiona commented about Jazz, um, Jazz playing, trying. Yeah. playing in the front row. Um, and, yeah, I don't like him in the front row. I don't think it helped his game or the Warriors, but you can't deny that he didn't give it his all. And um, there's guys, yeah, like Tohu Harris and the like, they're all they're all trying. They just need some of those other guys out there to at least give give 50. Just give half mm. an effort. And um, that's kind of how I feel right now. No, 100, you got to give it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, move on. There was other games, please. There was other games. Let's do those ones. Rabbitohs, 44, Tigers, 18. Eight tries to three, for the Rabbitohs, Alex Johnson grabbed the double. Harvey grabbed one. Alex Johnson was a hat trick, actually. My, my apologies. Campbell Graham, Cody Walker with a double, and Jackson Paulo grabbing the tries for the Rabbitohs. Three tries to the Tigers. It was Ken Mamalo with a double, ex former Warrior Ken Mamalo, and Asuke Poa with a try. Yeah. Uh, 18-12 at halftime. The Tigers looked like they were they were in it. Uh, as we've said earlier, the Tigers actually given a lot of fight this year, but um, the Rabbitohs sort of kept grinding, kept grinding, and and finally ran away with it in the second half. Brad, yeah, um, I'll go back to that last game just for a bit because I didn't want to um, contradict you, but Fiona's decided to do it. There were drums there. Um, in the game, yeah, you're right. There was, but it's not the same and, though. <laughs> I know, but we'll 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 go away from that now. Rabbitohs, yeah. yeah, I was really into this game in that first forty. I thought the Tigers mm. had come to pay. Um, I saw um, that winger Ken Mamalo. I think you said his name was. He scored a double and was like, "Man, I, I wish the Warriors throw an offer his way or something." He looked like he could do something. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a Tiger. So it looks like that won't happen. But, um, yeah, I thought the Tigers looked the better side at the start. They made the most. There were some key errors from Lachlan Ilias um, that they they converted into points. But they just fell away in that second half. Um, they missed 45 tackles overall. And um, it almost looked like the Rabbitohs were scoring at will in that second half once they got into the, the swing of things. Um, the Tigers backs did a lot of the heavy lifting with some big meters made by Ken Mamalo and, and Brent Naden. James Tamo and Joe Afangawi um, did their best, but the Tigers need more out of the rest of the pack. Um, I think that's where they're kind of getting a bit stilted. Um, Scoreline isn't really that surprising when you see 44-18. If you didn't watch mm. the match, you go, yeah, that Rabbitohs versus Tigers, that's what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, like kind of what we talked about in the new segment, it was disappointing to see the Tigers let the scoreline blow out because they have been fighting and getting in the grit and making teams really work hard for a win. Um, mm. But, yeah, the Rabbitohs, they look great um, once they got those early errors out of the way. Alex Johnson, um, as you said, he got a hat-trick with season now as the top try scorer for Rabbitohs um, with 147 tries in 178 games. 
My question to you, though, is do you think he'll get past Ken Irvine's 212 tries before he hangs his boots up? Mate, that's a long way to go. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very possible with with the rate that he scores tries. Not yeah. too concerned still, to be fair. I'm more still concerned with young. if he gets... He is. I'm more concerned if he gets top try scorer this year because I tipped him to do so. So <laughs> I think he's treating he pretty nicely. I think he, he might could get do. There. It's possible. Um, Ryan Pepinhausen had a but lead, do, but he hasn't played for a while. He, yeah, exactly. And I do apologise, Fiona. You, you're right. I do recall drums being at the Warriors game. Um, it's just not the same unless Brad and I are sitting there with chicken and chips and a can of the sponsor's finest. Um, we make that. We make all the difference. I feel. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, the it's strictly, it's strictly us. Yeah, it is. Um, the Rabbitohs, though. Yeah, yeah, they 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 look at getting back on track. Yeah, and I think a, a big part of that was Cameron Murray coming back too. Um, He's huge. The for team them. looked. Yeah, yeah. It, the team looked a lot more comfortable with him out there, and he just adds another dimension to their attack, and he also shores up their defensive line as well. And um, flowing on from that, I thought Cody Walker had the ball on the string, and he had one of his better games since Adam Reynolds left. Um, mm. If they can stay at this level um, until Latrell Mitchell comes back and then go one step further, I think they could be a finals threat. Um, mm. It's just when they've got everyone on the ball and they've got all their players available, it seems to be that's the time when they get the dropsies. So um, yeah. hopefully they stay away from that when Latrell's back. Yeah, we talked about Cam Murray last week, and I, I, I said he's one of my favourite players at the moment. I think he just shows why. I think he's even more important this year to the Rabbitohs than previously with Reynolds not being there because he just brings so much, um, yeah. obviously defensively, but on the ball as well. He For a, for a 13, he does a lot of ball playing and, and takes a lot of pressure off Cody Walker. So, yep, good for the Rabbitohs getting back on track. The next game was the Roosters getting up over the Sharks, 36-16. to 16. I thought this would be a belter of a game. Yeah, it was a pretty good game. Um, nice ball. <laughs> uh, for the Roosters, seven tries. Daniel Tupo grabbing a double. Nat Butcher, James Tedesco, Jared Wadia Hargraves, Joey Manu, and Connor Watson. To three tries from the Sharks, Ronaldo Molotalo, Sione Katoa, and Cam McGuinness. Bruce is a bit up and down, Brad. Um, I know I tipped them to be uh, top of the log, but they, yeah, they look fantastic. Yeah. We can just go. They keep going, looking average to really good. But yeah, this weekend they're really good and, and dominated a really good side. Yeah. I, um, the, I thought it was a good matchup here. Um, Roosters, I thought we're finally a step closer to being that team that you predicted would be minor premiers. Mm. Um, I thought Luke Carey was directing the back line well off the back of some strong forward work. Um, more efforts like this, um, they could be a top four C, uh, side come the end of the season. Um, yeah, so good to see them come back into this type of form. For the Sharks, they just lack consistency. Um, they had a solid 20 minutes, which is where they scored all their points and showed what they could do. Um, they just need to do it for longer periods. Um, their right edge defense was terrible, um, and that needs to be addressed. And um, they've been great so far this season, um, mm. but this match showed that they're not the final product yet, which no one's ever claimed that they were. 
Um, but yeah, I'm 100% confident you'll see them strong. No one was picking them to be good this year anyway. They were picking that next year would be their time. They're still going to be a finals team. Um, it's just they're probably not going to be a top four team like they were looking at the time. But I thought it was still uh, a good effort from both sides. Um, yeah, Sharks will but just Craig Fitzgibbon, he, he loves his defense. So I'm sure he's going to be making sure his defense is a lot better next time these two teams face. Mm. I haven't written the Sharks off just yet, Brad, to be fair. I think on their day, they, they've shown they can really foot it with anybody. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, just, I think, don't think they'll be And the Roosters, no, no, I don't think so either. I just think the Roosters have been very up and down this year and, and the Sharks managed to catch them on the up. Um, and we know the Roosters have that in them. But, yeah, it's I'm not going to write off the Sharks just yet. They've shown they've put a lot of good sides away this year, and, and I just think it was one of those matches where the Roosters were on and they caught the Sharks on an off day. Um, it was pretty much done and dusted at halftime at 20-0, so I thought the Sharks actually did not too bad to come back and um, salvage some pride and score three tries in the second half. Yep. Um the next game on Sunday, I actually thought was quite an interesting game to watch. Brad's favourite team, the Dragons, getting up over the Bulldogs, 34-24. to 24. Six tries to four. For the Dragons, we had uh, Tato Monga, Matthew Fengai, Ben Hunt, Zach Lomax, Andrew McCulloch, and Blake Lowry grabbing his first try after how many games? Brad, 91, 92? It'll be around that. Um, it was around that year, so uh, he's he's got off the mark, and he, he was very happy about it. For the dogs, Jake Averillo grabbing a double, Kyle Flanagan grabbing one, and Aaron Shoup grabbing the last try for the Bulldogs. 16-6 at halftime to the Dragons. Uh, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, Brad, even though it was featuring one of the teams you really don't like. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right. Um, I'll, I'll reduce my, my notes because I know we're going long. But um, I thought both teams started well, but neither were that flash, and they were lucky to be playing each other, a bit like the Warriors-Knights game. Yeah, I thought yeah, Matt so. Dufty had a better performance. He set up three tries. Um, must have listened to our show when we questioned his heart last week. Um, um, Josh Adokar was patchy. I think he was just trying too hard because you know he was trying to make sure the Origin selectors picked him and work his way um but yeah the bulldogs just need more from their playmakers um it's yeah that seems to be where they're falling apart a bit um and then yeah the dragons a bit like i said when they beat the warriors they just play simple footy they complete their sets um put the opposition under pressure and make the most of their attacking opportunities which is kind of the the blueprint of what you want um as a coach mm. and um yeah cody ramsey looked good Fullback again, Ben Hunted well directing the play, and Zach Lomax created a lot of chances for them. So, um, yeah, credit where credit's due with the, the Dragons. I can see the pain on your face saying that. Yeah, don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, we are going a little long. I'll skip straight ahead. The Eels 28 over the Raiders to 20 in the last game of the round. Five tries to three for the Eels. Will Penasini grabbing one. Dylan Brown... Bailey Simonson grabbing two against his old club. Dylan Brown actually grabbed the second toward, towards the end there. 
Um, for the Raiders, Sebastian Chris, Elliot Whitehead, and again, Sebastian Chris, he had a double. Yeah. And three from three off the tee from Jamal Fogarty, who was playing his comeback game for the Raiders. Yeah. Raiders actually led 18-16 at half time. Uh, the Eels finding a way to get the money here. Uh, what'd you make of that one, Brad? Yeah, I thought it was a great game to end the round with. Um, another tight tussle win for the Eels, which I said last week is something they need to keep doing. Um, so it's good to see that they got in the grind again and, and came out victors. Um, they did make a few poor choices on attack that cost them some points, but didn't cost mm. them the match, which I guess is the main thing. Um, they'll just want to decrease their error rate. And um, yeah, Dylan Brown looked good again. And his combination with Mitchell Moses is really dangerous when they're both um, singing off the same page. Um, Raiders, they didn't play bad. They were just beaten by a better team here, I would say. Um, Josh mm. Papali'i was a monster in the middle for them. And the Raiders' attack did look better with Jamal Fogarty out there. He just needs a few mm. games to get his match fitness back. And then um, I had Xavier Savage. Um, he's a massive talent. He showed his inexperience a bit, made a few missteps, but he shows great potential. And be disappointing for Simon um, that the Raiders lost there. But the effort is there, which I, I guess is a positive you can take out of a negative loss. Mm. And 18-16, they were leading at halftime. It's only a little yeah. fade, only a slight fade. Slight fade. I don't even know if we count that as a fade. Yeah. No. Um, I thought they actually did quite well with how, eels, how well the eels are traveling. So that was Indigenous round. Yep. Um, and we'll bring up the ladder. So we've got the ladder there. Um, not really too many changes. Um, we've still got Panthers at the top. Storm second, Cowboys, despite their loss, stay at third. The Broncos are now in the top four. Um, didn't think I'd say that at the start of the year. Um, Eels no, no. are fifth. Roosters are sixth. Sharks are seventh. Rabbitohs are eighth. Um, then we go to the, the, the bottom half of the, the competition. We've got the Dragons at ninth. Raiders at tenth. Seagulls 11th. Warriors 12th. Knights 13th. Titans 14th, Tigers 15th, and Bulldogs 16th. Um, so, yeah, interesting there. Um, any any surprises for you on that before we move on to the tips? I can't say there's any surprises, mate, really. I mean, the Warriors, the, the Warriors are the main point of interest for me, and, and they don't seem to, seem to be climbing up towards the top eight anytime soon. So, but, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not surprising me anymore. So if you want to bring up the the tipping, there we go. So we all got, um, even though some of us picked different games, we all still got six out of eight. So I am still currently leading 62 out of 96. Richie is on 60 out of 96. And then Simon's 58 out of 96. So it's still reasonably close. Um, I've got Simon's tips here and I've seen mine. We've got the same this week. Spoilers. Um, so we'll just see how different yours are this week, Richie. Um, but, yeah, any questions from anyone, Paul? Um, I, Simon was asking earlier your thoughts on the uh, the idea of having a, a fans owners, a fan, the fan ownership model rather than a rich person ownership model. Do you think uh, the, um, the Warriors could move to, move to a fan ownership model? 
I don't know because I, I read a lot of stuff about Warriors fans and I, I'm not sure if we can be trusted in charge either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure. It'd be an interesting concept, but I would want another club to be the, the guinea pig there instead of my club. Um, because, yeah, I could just I could see positives and I can also see a hell of a lot of negatives. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to see the Warriors sink even further than what they are right now. Richie, would you like to become an owner of the uh, of the Warriors? Be one of the uh, one of like a thousand owners. I'm a member of way too many Warriors Facebook uh, Warriors Facebook pages. Um, I know what the fans are like. They're very hit and miss here, there, and everywhere. So no, I think we're better off leaving them to to Mark Robinson. <laughs> okay, uh, one from me then. Um, with um, first beating third by, um, was it 22 nil last weekend? Um, does that mean that basically this is a, uh, there's a, there's a top two and then there's sort of like a, 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 a kind of next sort of group down to perhaps the, uh, the Sea Eagles who can make the finals but aren't going to make the final. Um, and then the rest who really are just playing out the rest of the season. Is it just, is the grand final already going to be? Uh, Panthers Stormers I think it was basically going to be their grand final before round one even started to be to be brutally honest even though I didn't <laughs> predict it um yeah yeah I think it's been a, a two-team comp for a long time um this year mm. the past couple of years really um it, fe- it definitely feels that way and it felt that way pre pre the season starting but I guess the f- beauty of knockout footy is once we get to that point anything can happen so yeah. there's still teams but, like the eels and eels and that who could knock on the door looking looking at our grand final predictions even though we both just said it was the the guaranteed grand final neither of us picked that as our grand final option <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's that's how it is we were just trying to to make something um, magical happen instead of being predictable so 25 weeks of uh of basically and then three weeks of of, of sort of finals build up just to just might as well get one and two to play each other and everyone else has take the take the year off that was basically the same last year everyone said it would be the um storm panthers grand final before it kicked off and it was um they're just a step above everyone else right now it's you come into finals though when it's a single game anything can happen um you look at the warriors the last time they made the grand final they um upset everybody um each week and got there so it, all you need is one good game where a panthers might slip yeah. um and then they're gone it's just how it happens sometimes um well that, so- that's what happened last year Brad isn't it because you're right we all were saying Panthers storm, but then the Rabbitohs made the grand final. Yeah, exactly. It was just yeah one one little slip and it changed everything. Um, mm. And you had yeah the semi final was the grand final. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. That's uh, that's all the questions from uh, from the live chat, guys. All right, um, my question for you, Rich. I'll leave till next week. It's still one that can count, um, but your one we probably have to hit now. So you may as well ask me. Cool. I just really wanted your opinion on something, Brad, this week. So 
Uh, we saw Jazz Tavanga had a very colourful post-match interview after the game on the weekend. So I wanted to get your thoughts on on his interview and do you agree with uh, what what he was saying and, and, and the manner in which he delivered it? Were you a fan of that or, or no? Um, well, he's just a good old South Auckland boy, isn't he? Um, he, he kind of, he reacted, uh, or the way he came across was very frustrated. Um, he wasn't trying to throw anyone under the bus, but you could clearly see he was frustrated with efforts from his teammates, which he did point out. And mm. he got to end the, um, the interview with his, his now quotable, um, more jerseys than trophies, um, which is something that Warriors <laughs> fans have said for a while. Um, yep. I think it was just, it's, you know, it's been a, a devastating month, I'd say, for Warriors, not only the fans, but the players too, with how results have been going. So you get a guy straight off a, a embarrassing loss, you're going to get their full emotion. Um, he, he dropped a few F-bombs, which does happen from time to time. Um, he apologised as he was doing it, but then kept doing it, um, which I thought was a bit, but like, but yeah, it's just a lot of frustration from a player and um, there's not a lot that he can do to steer the ship. It, he's looking at his spine and that, and it, like you said in the review, it was the spine that would drop in the ball and making the mistakes. Mm. And so he was kind of just, it's good to see him at least do it as long as he's doing it to them as well in the sheds, um, mm. which I assume he would be. If you're going to say it on national television, you're going to be talking to them as well. So um, hopefully you, you see that give them the kick the kick they need, maybe. Um, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm always trying to clutch at optimistic straws. So, so did you agree? From, yeah, I agree. I, I think they, they need to sort their, their crap out, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we've got F-bombs being dropped on the TV. Now we've got C-bombs being dropped on uh, on the show. Um, the... Um, <laughs> by Brad. Uh, Fiona over on the uh, Inga's Le- League wrap-up um, Facebook page goes, um, uh, loved it, go Jazz. Um, Sayali goes, loved his honest opinion. Yeah. Uh, Fiona yeah. says, Jazz has been playing his butt off, um, her favourite player. Um, yes. And that UNA can showed, uh, has shown his uh, professionalism always consistent. So a couple of players there that have been going well, but uh, clearly um, not some others for the for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my question for you will leave till next week because it will cover – it's kind of a question we could ask whenever. So um, we'll go into our round 13 predictions. Thankfully, due to the time we're gone, it's a shorter week, um, only four games. Um, so I've got Simon's picks. But Thursday night, we've got Titans-Cowboys. Simon and myself have both gone with the Cowboys. Um, who have you picked? I think Cowboys too. Surprise, surprise. Cowboys too. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go without the Origin guys, but it's the Titans, so that's why I've kind of gone their way anyway. Um, Friday night, we've got Panthers-Bulldogs. Mm. Simon and myself both gone Panthers. What about you? Yeah, even though it's Origin time, it's hard to go get, It's hard to tip the Bulldogs. Way too yeah. hard. I've I think Panthers. it's more, yeah, it's yeah. more harder to tip the Bulldogs than it is to go against yeah. the Panthers. Um, yep. third, third game is Saturday, Seagulls versus Warriors. Simon and myself have both gone Seagulls. What say you? Dirty, you dirty, filthy <laughs> traders. I've gone Warriors. You're going it's Warriors. It's going to happen. 
it's going to happen push. sooner or later. Just keep tipping good. them; it'll happen. Good to yeah. see that. I'm going to get another another point um, ahead. Um, and then <laughs> last game is Raiders Roosters. Simon and myself have both gone with the Raiders. I went Raiders too. They're at home in Origin time, so I feel like yeah. it's time for the Raiders to get one. So we've only got one game different, which is the Seagulls Warriors game. Um, Simon also put his Origin pick up. I was going to do that next week, but we may as well do it here. You're gone. That's what I thought. So yeah. Simon and myself have both gone with Queensland, and you have gone with you New South Wales. Dirty, dirty people. How could you? I'm a, Queen. I'm a Queensland fan. Um, okay, I know we are going super long, but um, before we sign off, there was the Challenge Cup final in the weekend. Um, my mighty Wigan, the only shining light in my sporting following right now, um, defeated Uddersfield um, 16 to 14. Um, Thomas Uluwai made his impressive return from injury. He was told he'd be out for 12 weeks. He got back in six and played a good part in this game. Um, I thought it was a great match. A lot of free-flowing footy. Uddersfield, um, they had a 14-12 lead with three minutes left, but a Harry Smith kick into open field for Liam Marshall um, the Wigan winger to scoop it up and score to get the match winner. Um, did you watch the game at all? I did, and fantastic result. We'll claim it. The Warriors won a final. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. Not the right Warriors, but we won, yeah. They're, they're still my team in the UK, so I, I'll take it. Um, but I actually yeah, like your, pronunci- your pronunciation of Uddersfield was very good. It's good. I hope Paul was impressed in the background that I said Uddersfield um, I heard it enough in the in the game in the commentary, <laughs> so I, I remembered. Um, but anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, just thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Paul for doing doing what you do so well. We've missed you the past couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it's definitely yeah. a better show when Paul's directing it instead of me. So um, always good to have you back, Paul. And um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Um, for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers again for joining me, Richie, and good night, everyone. Thank you, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 